Hi, I'm Lori Denning, and this is my podcast, The 20-Minute Scriptorian, where I explore LDS scripture and doctrine for the Come Follow Me curriculum for The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Like most of you, I'm a typical Latter-day Saint, and I've held a variety of callings, from gospel doctrine teacher to institute. I've always loved learning and sharing the scriptures of Christ. Recently, I went back to school, and I'm currently a theology student where I get to learn context, history, ancient languages, and more importantly, how to learn. I thought you might want to share in what I was learning, and the 20-minute scriptorian was born. While I am a believer, these thoughts are my own, and they are not an official representation of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening, and join me on the journey as we explore the scriptures and the path of the disciple of Christ. Welcome, willkommen, bienvenue, bienvenidos a todos. Welcome, all scriptorians. We are headed into Second Nephi, chapter three, as part of "Come Follow Me." I'm going to talk about the remnant of Joseph. All right. Well, hey, welcome everybody. I just want to do a quick session since we didn't get a chance to do chapter three, and we'll try to do chapter two tomorrow. But for tonight, let's go ahead and talk about chapter three of Second Nephi. Now, if you hadn't have a chance, go back and listen to the all about section, give a little bit of outline of blessings, cursings, patriarchal blessings, kind of. We didn't get into that too much, but just a little bit of overview in the all about section. Now, in this this last part about Second Nephi, we talked about its two books. And so it seems like Nephi is going back and really trying to capture those key stories, those key sermons and key takeaways that he got from his 30 years of uh, living before this from both Lehi himself, everything that had happened <coughs> uh, previous to this. So as we go into First Nephi, we talked about the blessings that went to specifically, really, their Laman and Lemuel for the most part. You get a little bit of the sons of Ishmael get noted and Zoram. Um, but but third, second Nephi, you're going to get Jacob. Now we're going to know a lot about Jacob. He gets his own book. He seems to carry on the prophetic line from Nephi. We don't hear from Nephi's own children, um, which I love, by the way. It's not just about who's the oldest, which was obviously a problem for for Laman and Lemuel, this primogenitor idea. But instead, just like the Old Testament, so many times it's the younger brother or the more um, righteous individual. And in this case, it looks like Jacob was the one that was ready for the prophetic mantle. So we'll go back and hit that in chapter two. But jumping over to chapter three, we see Joseph. Now, Joseph is Lehi's youngest son. And so he's probably pretty young at this point, like eight or 10 or something like that. So he's not very old. Remember, they wander around for about eight years um, before they get uh, leaving the land bountiful and then get over to the promised land. So he can't be too old at this point. But either way, he's pretty young. And so uh, Lehi is going to give him this patriarchal blessing. Now, ask yourself, when you read these chapters, if you're a little bit like me, you might say, oh, this is interesting. (laughs) and you skip over. Now, I especially love 2 Nephi 2, 2 Nephi 9, and I jump into those sections and really uh, mull those over. However, do we do the same thing in chapter 3? I might be guilty of not spending quite as much time on this chapter because, again, it seems like they're testifying about things that you're like, "Eh, I'm not sure how that applies to me. It's interesting, but uh, less interesting, right? Okay, maybe it's just me. 
But shame on me because this is important. And as we've been talking about some of our main themes, the atoning Messiah, the scattering and gathering of Israel, and the covenant, we're going to see all three of those tied up in here. And specifically, we're really going to talk a lot about the scattering and gathering of Israel. Uh, and so I think there's some key things of Nephi saying, boy, if I had limited space on these plates and I really want to draw something out, I want to make sure that you have this. And it is really specific for our day. So let's jump in. Second Nephi 3, 1 through 3 says, And now I speak unto you, Joseph, my lastborn. Again, this is Lehi. Thou, thou wast born in the wilderness of mine afflictions, yea, in the days of my greatest sorrow did thy mother bear thee. And may the Lord consecrate also unto thee this land, which is a most precious land, for thine inheritance and the inheritance of thy seed, which thy brethren for thy security forever. If it be so, that ye shall keep the commandments of the Holy One of Israel. And now, Joseph, my lastborn, whom I have brought out of the wilderness of my afflictions, may the Lord bless thee forever. For thy seed shall not utterly be destroyed. Now clearly Lehi has seen some things. Lehi has seen uh, that the family will not survive. Either the destruction of the, Lame, uh, the Nephites by the Lamanites or the general falling away or both. And so <laughs> this is, wow, that would be deep, right? So he's saying it's in the land of my afflictions. We're going through all of this. And yet there's this bittersweet kind of blessing recognizing their, their certain destruction. It might not be imminent, but in the next within a thousand years, they're, they're gone. And so, so it's got to be a little bit bittersweet for Lehi as he realizes that Joseph will be fine and his descendants do well for a long time, but ultimately there will be an apostasy and a falling away. So however we understand that they were uh, religiously taken over or politically taken over the wars they're going to be gone and so this Lamanite and and uh and the Lamanites and Nephites are going to be kind of destroyed so let's we'll talk about that generally in a minute but as we go through this I think here's one place that we can take that second or third step we've talked about in in uh the who what where or the points of analyzing right who what where allegory and then application and then mysticism so point three application we all have family. We all have friends, or even ourselves, that have a falling away. We all can see it happening in our own societies, in our own families, of people who may not make it, or where we're struggling, or trying to understand this plan. Like, why, why are so many people struggling with uh, obedience or the blessings of the gospel? Um, maybe even you're a missionary, and you're like, why can't or aren't more people listening to me i i served in europe and we didn't teach very much and uh and it didn't look like that's changed anytime soon either so so you're like why why aren't people listening this is the best message and and why can't we share so i think there's some great applications and this bittersweet there's a great blessing but it's for few so what's this plan going to be chapter uh verse four and four let's do four for behold thou art the fruit of my loins and i I'm a descendant of Joseph who was carried away into Egypt and great were the covenants of the Lord, which he made unto Joseph. So get that for me. It's green. Covenants are green. So I highlight that and say, man, here's another talking about the covenant. And remember, there's the new and everlasting covenant, kind of all the covenants rolled into one. And here Lehi is reminding his son, Joseph, 
that Joseph of Egypt, their family that they descend from, there were great promises given to him. So there's something important here. This is important. This is Lehi's ancestry. Um, so think to yourself, you say, hey, I've had my patriarchal blessing, and I, I know what family I'm from. Anybody from Manasseh? Yep, probably a lot of you. How about anybody from Ephraim? Yep, most of you. And so, so you say, hey, this book is for us. These are our promises as well, right? Joseph's two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, get the, um, the lion's share of the blessings and some specific responsibilities. And so here we're going to highlight that and say there's something important for Joseph and also for us. Okay. Um, the Joseph name really ties it in. So you're like, yep, Lehi wanted to make sure his sons understood this ancestry and this important covenant and promises that the Lord made. And they are promises. And the Lord is always faithful to his promises. Okay, therefore, Jew, Joseph, uh, verse 5, Joseph truly saw our day. Now we're talking about Joseph of Egypt. This is the Joseph and of the coat and the brothers and the, you know, Egypt and the dreams and Potiphar's wife, that Joseph. And he obtained a promise of the Lord that out of the fruit of his loins, the Lord God would raise up a righteous branch unto the house of Israel. What? Do you get, it, what? Where is that? Oh, this is awesome. You're like, the Lord has promised Joseph that a righteous branch, a piece, right? A chunk of the family would be righteous and be raised up in the house of Israel. So that's fascinating. We don't have this scripture. We don't have this in, this is in the brass plates, but we don't have this in our current Bible. So this is super exciting. And it's more, it keeps going. And it says, not the Messiah, but a branch which was to be broken off. Nevertheless, to be remembered in the covenants of the Lord that the Messiah should be made manifest unto them in the latter days in the spirit of power unto the bringing of them out of the darkness unto light, yea, out of a hidden darkness and out of captivity unto freedom. There is so much packed in here. Uh, we know that in Genesis 49 um, that there is a promise when Jacob, uh, Israel, right, change his name, but Israel is giving blessings to his sons and then the grandsons, um, Joseph, uh, Joseph, uh, Ephraim, Manasseh, Reuben, Simon. And if you want to read those, Genesis 49, where Jacob is giving these patriarchal blessings, and we learn about Joseph is a fruitful bough, and it's even about fruitful, right? It's this branch, a bough is a branch, right? So it's a branch of the tree, and it is uh, by a well, and the branches run over the wall. Um, so we know that there's this branch that's going to be, Joseph is this branch that's going to be big. In fact, the name Joseph means to be added upon. So you get this idea of, of greatness, of progeny, of family, of growth um, to be added upon. And so they get this promise that they're going to be a righteous branch and it will be broken off um, and, and, and then be restored in the latter days by the spirit of power and bringing them out of darkness into light. So, so fascinating. Joseph Fielding Smith said that there's a strong presumptive evidence in the blessing given by Israel to his son Joseph and to his grandsons Ephraim and Manasseh as recorded in Genesis. 
that they were to inherit a land far from Jerusalem and become a multitude of nations. Joseph was promised that his inheritance should be to the utmost bounds of the everlasting hills. That's Genesis 49, 26. And that he was a fruitful bough by a well whose branches run over the wall. Verse 22. However, he was to receive a greater inheritance than his progenitors who were given the land of promise. The Book of Mormon is the record of the descendants of Joseph who were, who were led across the great waters to inherit this western land, which is designated as being choice above all other lands. Surely these blessings could not be realized in Palestine. Joseph and his sons did not become a multitude of nations there. The tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh did not receive a more wonderful inheritance in Palestine than other any other of the tribes of Judah. There were chief honors there the chief honors were conferred first on benjamin and then on judah here in america all these promises were fulfilled when the descendants of joseph possessed the land given as their inheritance so joseph's lineage would produce this righteous people they weren't going to be the ancestors of the messiah but the messiah would prompt to come and to visit them and so then he's going to clarify some more so i love the idea that the Lord is watching out for us and he has got a plan. So he's going to break off this bright, righteous branch. He's going to put it out here. Now, remember at the time of Lehi, the Northern tribes, Ephraim, they called it, right? We they call it Israel. It could be called Ephraim. It could be called the North, but those 10 tri lost 10 tribes, they've been lost for a while now, like not quite 200 years, but a good 150 years. They had been taken away by the Assyrians already. So they're already gone at the time Lehi left. So this isn't new news to them. So their their tribe has just been decimated and their identity, their culture, their you say, Oh Lori, they're in Jerusalem. They were not of Judah. They were they're downtown Shiloh, right? And they and uh Gerizim was their mountain. They're just different, different, different. And so I mean it's just different. And so it, this resonates with me. Have you ever felt like you don't quite fit in? Have you ever felt like, what's my plan? Have you ever felt like, is God watching out for me? Is God got a plan for me and my family? Um, does he recognize that I'm different? Um, and where are my promises or what can I do? Or does he even know I'm here? And I think this is it. He knows and he has a plan. And you're from this family. So all you guys that raised your hand and said, I'm from Manasseh and I'm from Ephraim, this story's for you. This is the Lord's plan for you and your family. So cool. All right. So uh, there was this broken off, uh, right? They grow over the wall, the chief honor, powerful stuff. Verse six, for Joseph truly testified saying, this is Joseph of Egypt. Okay. So Lehi's quoting Joseph of Egypt from the, probably from the brass plates. A seer shall the Lord raise, Lord, my God raise up who shall be choice, a choice seer unto the fruit of my loins. So Lehi testified that the Lord is going to bring his posterity back and there will be a seer raised up by God. Um, I, wonder, I wonder who this is. Verse 7. Yea, Joseph truly said, Thus saith the Lord unto me, A choice seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins, and he shall be esteemed highly among the fruit of thy loins. And unto him will I give commandment that he shall do a work for the fruit of thy loins, his brethren which shall be of great worth unto them, even unto the bringing of them to the knowledge of the covenants which I have made with their father. So Lehi gives this prophecy about Joseph Smith, uh, most likely, right, to Joseph of Egypt. And it was probably, again, on those uh, brass plates, so so exciting. So Lehi pronounces this 
to Joseph and is reminding him, his son Joseph, Jacob and Joseph and Nephi and Samurai, saying, Joseph, little Joseph, that you're part of a great inheritance and you're part of this. And and you got to think they're this little tiny family at this point. They're not that many. I mean, what, 30 people, a couple hundred people? They're, they're just not very big, these Nephites at this point. And Joseph's even little in age, right? He's not very old. So you're thinking, well, we're just this ragtag little group. Um, does the Lord even bless us? And we're, yes, yes, you are part of this big plan, just like you are, just like I am. There's a great plan, and there's this broad scope, and there's blessing, and the Lord's got it all planned out. Verse 8, and I will give unto him a commandment that he shall do none other work, save for the work I shall command him, and I will make him great in mine eyes, and he shall do my work. So talks about the magnitude, right? So for us, we get Joseph Smith's position. We get how important these things are um, and how important this work is. So ask yourself those questions we asked at the beginning. Why is Nephi putting these in here? Why is the blessing to young Joseph in here? Why are we reading about Joseph of Egypt this like 3,000 years ago or something? <laughs> because today is when the Lord's commandments and plan is all being fulfilled today in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints today with his very family of Manasseh and Ephraim today this is when it's going to come forth this is when the family is going to go and redeem everyone and he shall be great like unto Moses whom I have said I would raise up unto you and deliver my people O house of Israel Probably still talking about Joseph Smith here, right? A great deliverer. And Moses, will I raise up? It's funny. He uses Moses here almost as a title rather than a name, right? Like in Joseph, a, a deliverer, will I raise up? I'm quoting from verse 10. To deliver thy people out of the land of Egypt. So this quote keeps going um, about this role of deliverer. So ask yourself, how is Joseph Smith, how how was he a deliverer? Um, is there another person this might be talking about? Interesting. But a seer I will raise up out of the fruit of thy loins, and unto him will I give forth, give power to bring forth my word unto the seed of thy loins, and not to the bringing forth of my word only, saith the Lord, but to the convincing them of my word, which shall have already gone forth among them. So we'll bring forth the word, Book of Mormon, but we'll also be able to convince them, the Bible, that these things are true. And isn't there great apathy towards religion today? Isn't it hard? So I don't know if I believe all that, but this is going to change things for people. And I find it really, really incredible. The Lord has put this all in place. And if you were little Joseph, he would be like, I'm, I'm part of a big plan. I'm part of something really important. There's nothing more important than the saving of the Lord's people. So I hope when we read through this, you can feel the excitement, the hope, the planning, the covenant, the Lord remembering, right? The Lord remembering how important this is. Um, I think we've all felt at times, does the Lord even remember me? Do I have a place in this plan? And when I think of young Joseph and just being this young brother that in a land that wasn't his own, he grew up in the wilderness and just, ah, you think the Lord is intimately aware and intimately has a place for you. And then he's going to give him more instructions about Joseph Smith and the scope of how great this work is, but also what little Joseph has to do to uh, inherit these blessings, what we have to do. Uh, 
let's see. So we're talking about the different books in verse 12. Wherefore, the fruit of thy loins shall write, and the fruit of the loins of Judah shall write, and that which shall be written by the fruit of thy loins, and also that which shall be written by the fruit of the loins of Judah, shall grow together unto the confounding of false doctrines and laying down of contentions and establishing peace among the fruit of thy loins and bringing them to the knowledge of their fathers in the latter days and also to the knowledge of my covenants, saith the Lord. And here's this plan that's going to save people on both covenants, uh, continents. We're going to look at the Bible. We're going to look at the Book of Mormon, and it's going to confound doctrines. So, Lori's story time. This week in school, I'm taking a theology class, and a lot of the it, theology tends to be a little more topical. Uh, so we're studying a concept about the fall and salvation, uh, and we just kind of have been spinning on those topics for the last few weeks. And in this week, the professor brought up the religion of the Latter-day Saints, and he said, you know, they see uh, some of these things very differently and was explaining how uh, the role of Christ um, a little bit differently. And uh, I talked to him afterwards, and we were talking about being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and he's very respectful. I really have enjoyed his viewpoint. And I will tell you that as we talked about the fall, the reason for Christ, the atonement, and where we play in that, it is, they're confounded. It's super confusing. Just, they love Christ. They love um, trying to be obedient to his laws, but trying to piece together what it means and how they play a role, it's very tricky uh, for them because they don't have the information. Like just the page before, Second Nephi 2, that explains so much about the role of the Savior, they they are trying so hard, but it's very confounding. It's very confusing. It's convoluted. Um, it takes us a lot of time to even discuss it and try to put it together. And and so I really admire them for trying to be strong believers and followers of Jesus um, with the little information they have. So this resonates to me. We I, I can't even explain it. We got in the weeds on this idea um, of, of Christ and the role and Oh, I, in fact, at one point he said, Lori, your face is all like contorted. And I was, I was, you know, squinting at my face, listening to him. And I wasn't trying to be mean. I was like, I cannot even follow what? <laughs> like it's so convoluted. And so it's such a blessing. So this scripture just pops out at me that we have the Bible and the Book of Mormon, which is going to help us. And it's so clear and it's so rewarding. And so these, um, it's, just overwhelming that we can see the Lord's hand and the covenants um, uh, that come across. Well, we're out of time again. I thought this would be short, but keep reading three, uh, Second Nephi 3 and see how this is going to show about the covenant, about the plan for the family, about this branch and this, this prophecy of the seer in the latter days and how bringing forth the Book of Mormon will remind us of the covenants and where we play the role. All right, scriptorians, keep on reading.